Welcome, welcome, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Doghouse. My name is Will, and I am your host of the official podcast of the League of Champions, the best fantasy football league ever. I'm so glad that you were able to join us again. If we did a little bit of a roll call, we would see that there are no animals around me, at least no domesticated animals. That's right. They're all inside. I had to sneak away. I wasn't necessarily planning on hosting a podcast, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a host for the fans. And Austin said, "Will you have to do a playoff preview. And I said, Austin, okay. And so here I am and I'm very happy to be here. And we actually do have a really good episode ahead of you. So uh, stay tuned and uh, let's go ahead and find out who the episode MVP is. This episode's MVP goes to Sergeant America. That's right, Jason Kelly with the big trade in this uh, news cycle that we will be talking about in a second. Uh, We had two trades, but uh, Jason had the big one the big one. And uh, so let's be talking about that in a second. Congratulations, Jason Kelly. And also congratulations, not only on your MVP of this episode of the doghouse, but happy anniversary. Uh, My love to Ali and you both. And congrats episode MVP. And also like an anniversary of like, you know, 15 years or something like that. Good times. I guess, I guess that that works too. Oh, I love that interlude, and that means that it's time to get to the news. This is actually my favorite segment of the Doghouse, because this is where we go through the pinned chats. And what that typically means is, we got some trades to talk about. And guess what? The last time we recorded the Doghouse, it was still before the trade deadline, so we have one more segment of mid-season Doghouse episode trade talk in the news, and we had two more trades. Let's go over them. The first one was a very interesting one. Uh, it was it included a first-round draft pick for Christian Kirk and a lot of other things. So I think it was three seconds and two-thirds. Was it Christian Kirk? Yeah. Christian Kirk, three seconds and one-third. Oh, I got that wrong. Kirk, three seconds, one-third, four first. So we have Pierce getting the 2023 first. That's Ben Rose's first. Uh, So Ben Rose made the playoffs. He's the sixth seed. I don't know what he would be projected to be that year, but let's call that a mid-first just to, you know, Play nice down the middle. Um, and Austin gets Christian Kirk, Pierce's 22 second, Kelly's 22 second, Wyland's 22 second, and Pierce's 23 third. All right. So three seconds and Christian Kirk and third. You know, I mean, I'm just kind of saying it over and over and over again what was involved. That's it's It's a lot. I just, I like Pierce's side. I just rather have the damn first round pick. I mean, if I had a roster that, look, I'm as top heavy as they come. And I'm just not that interested in like so many second round picks. Now, I will say, 
two of those. Nope, just one. Just one of those second round picks is going to be an early second. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I like what you're doing, Austin, because I like that you're moving and, and, and you have I like that what you'll probably do is now wrap those up into other packages and move that into other stuff. So I like I like your side for it in that way. Uh, but I like Pierce's side on this side because just take the first rounder. I love having a first rounder in a rookie pick. At least I've heard that's cool. Anyway, let's get to the main bit of news, which is the big, big, big trade that we had in our trade deadline. That's right. Sergeant America himself, Jason Kelly, trades for Saquon Barkley and James Robinson for three first-round rookie picks. It is a beautiful trade. You got a 22 first and two 23 first. You have my 23 first and Adam's 23 first. That could be an early pick. No offense, Adam, or anything, but you're in the loser's bracket right now. The or Excuse me. Got to start getting ready to talk about playoff terminology in the first tournament. You know, the first tournament because you have the opportunity to get the first pick in next year's draft. Uh, you're in the first tournament, so that might be an early first in 2023 as well. Um, and, and then my 23 first, which... Who knows what that'll be. Let's call that middle. Regardless, Jason Kelly comes out with the big names and the big talent and the running backs that he is hoping will be able to stay healthy and do what they are supposed to do. And that is Saquon Barkley and James Robinson. Uh, I love both sides. I really like that the very recent champ, Eric Wolfett, is selling off some of his commodities um, he got Robinson for uh, less than a first, so a well done there on Wolfett's part and Barkley. It's it's you know, Wolfett found the buyer who is in Jason saying I'm doing this right now. I'm going for it, which I love. And uh, like, why are we doing this? Like, go for it, win this damn thing, and and that's exactly what Jason's doing. I love it, and I just hope Barkley can stay healthy. And uh, you can tell I have a little trepidation in my uh, voice on that. I worry about his ability to stay healthy. I'm afraid he was a, a, a you know what's a, a flash in a pan, uh, but I'm hopeful for Jason's sake at least that Saquon can go on and and continue to do good things. So, um, I mean, but not against me. Definitely not against me. Uh, against me, I hope he sucks. And uh, we are destined to face off in the semis. Uh, we're on the same side of the bracket. So we will see if I can get... Uh, well, we'll talk We'll talk about playoff preview here in a second. Sorry. Uh, Jason Kelly with the big move, getting Barkley and Robinson, adding to his uh, running back core. We're going to talk about that uh, backfield coming up in the episode. And that is the all the news I got, which means... You know what? Let's go ahead. Look, I can make up a commercial, but it probably wouldn't be that funny. So let's let's just get into the meats and bolts, the nuts and potatoes of this episode. Let's do that. When? I don't know. Maybe a little bit later? No. Right now. And that interlude tells us that it's time to get into the meat and bolts of the episode. That is right. It's the nuts and potatoes. It is the 2021 playoff preview right here on the doghouse. 
you are in the right spot. Let's go ahead and start with the number one seed going up against the number eight seed. As we look at the number eight seed, oh, who is it? Oh, it is 2019 champion Eric Wolfett, who is coming in at the eight seed. And you might remember hearing about Wolfett a little earlier because, oh yeah, that's right. He got three firsts for Saquon Barkley and James Robinson. Now, we will see how that benefits Jason this year. Uh, we talked about the, the impact of the trade. Um, regardless, Wolf has a ton of draft pick capital now, or a draft capital now, and is still in the playoffs and has a shot to take down the regular season champion of 2021. That's right. Rick Wyland dominated this year from the beginning. I don't have a cough button, sorry. This is not one of those like n- like actual podcasts where like, oh, when you cough, you just press a button or we'll edit that out later. Like, no, I just actually coughed. Oh, oh, oh but I'm in Georgia, so um, I don't have to like stay home from work for a week or uh, do anything crazy. But anyway, that, that cheap shot. Sorry, sorry for the cheap shot. Okay, so anyway, we have the number one versus the number eight seed. Uh, Ryan Reynolds fan club did win the regular season. Your hundred bucks is uh, on the way relatively. Let's take a look at the matchup projection. We have the number one seed as a 21 and a half point favorite over Eric Wolfett. And let's see how we actually got to that spot. It's not at quarterback because Wolf has got Lamar Jackson and Ryan Randall's fan club. Ardeb has Tua. Of course, he has Jonathan Taylor and Cordell Patterson. Okay, so Cordell Patterson is a running is getting started as a running back, is a running back wide receiver, but Devo is only wide receiver. Get a I'm pretty sure. Everyone would agree that Devo and Cordero are getting used the exact same way this year. And, and honestly, I think what it honestly is, is that Debo came in to this league as a successful wide receiver. And he has always been successful wide receiver. And Cordero never has had a role. It's been mostly special teams. He's had a couple spots here and there with the Vikings as a wide receiver. But for the most part, he never actually settled in to a actual position in the NFL. Debo came in with the natural position, has produced at that natural position. So then when he goes into the backfield, it's just like, oh yeah, he's a wide receiver that just happens to be lining up in the backfield. But I don't know if y'all have noticed, but Shanahan, so remember, I took Mostert, Coleman, and then got Hasty and Wilson because I wanted Shanahan's running game. And I had that strategy going, and then they drafted Mitchell and Sermon. Well, like at the time, we didn't even care about Mitchell, but they drafted Sermon. And I was like, oh, damn it. All of a sudden, now I don't have the running game. All I have is Wilson and Debo. Oh, wait a second. They turned Debo into the running game. So while Mostert is injured and I didn't get any of the running backs, if Mitchell doesn't come back, I do control the San Francisco running game in Debo and Wilson, and really just Debo, to be honest, if he can stay healthy, which I'm not convinced he'll be actually able to stay healthy, but that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to the actual uh, matchup at hand. It's the number one versus the number eight seed. Cordell Patterson got me on a little bit of a rant. 
but Rick has Taylor and Patterson, and he's got Godwin, Chase, Kelsey. Ooh, Connor might be a little injured, but honestly, if he is playing, and I don't, I don't think he needs to be like a hundred percent healthy to continue to be able to put up the numbers that he's doing. James Connor's crazy this year. It's like he's actually producing what we thought he could have done three years ago, but you know he didn't. Uh, Kelsey's been actually a big bust uh, for Rick for the most part. He's not even the number one tight end right now. First time in five years, Travis Kelsey isn't the number one tight end in this moment. Uh, so we'll see what he does uh, going forward. I see Julio Jones in the other uh, uh, flex. Oh, I see. DeAndre Swift is is on the bench. Um, uh, maybe Pitts. Ooh. So we'll see. I wouldn't play Julio Jones, and I, and I doubt R.W. will as well. Let's see who Wolf is throwing. Lamar Jackson, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery. Ooh, David Montgomery and Antonio Gibson. That's my um, other dynasties uh, running back core. So we should probably shop. Uh, we got Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, Jared Cook, Damian Harris. Oh, I traded you, Damian Harris. Uh, Sterling Shepard. And then, of course, you have your IDPs of White and Brooks versus Wagner and Parsons. So, regardless, we got Ardub with the uh, slight advantage. Sleeper says he's a 78% chance to win. Um, and look, I mean, it's the number one versus the number eight seed for a reason. But at the end of the day, it is any given Sunday, and I wouldn't necessarily say uh, that Wolfit is is a lame duck in this by any any stretch. And if Wolfit can beat Wylan, which I think is better than the odds that Sleeper is giving him, I think it would be hilarious because, number one, it's always hilarious when the number one seed goes down, unless it's you. When it's you, oh, it sucks so much. It's so fucked up. But when it's not you, it's so hilarious. Um, but the other thing that is hilarious about it is, oh, yeah, I don't remember. Because when you lose the number one seed, it's just that hilarious. Speaking of the number one seed and being done with that seed, that's right. Take it, Wyland, with your success this year, you bastard. Who's the number two seed? It's not me. Oh, that means one thing and one thing only. Now that sound means a new thing, but let me tell you what that new thing is. That means we got a recording while recording. That's right. We got a message left by a very, very important member of the doghouse. I would say the most influential member slash partner slash influencer of the doghouse coming for live from the cat box to hear his Nita, but I got, I started laughing because I already started thinking about what I was going to say next, which is Nita is really coming on because I said, how are you going to let Austin say that he would flesh you like a turd when I'm about to record a podcast, like get on here. So, uh, Nita, when I ask you about Austin, I'm just curious what, what the, what, what do you think? Will, what are you asking me about? Austin? Who's that? Austin who? Oh my God. Wow. What strong words. It is really gotten to a whole nother level in LOC. And I'm here to tell you, this will never 
be a place where people, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> like from the time that Austin initially posted Flesh Needham Like a Turd and then Needham uh, recorded this, then Austin already went back onto the chat and said how and professed his love for Needham. And uh, so, no, there's not actual drama. Uh, but nonetheless, I do appreciate your enthusiasm, Needham. But what I want to know is, what are you going to do now that you're in the toilet bowl? Uh, toilet bowl, Easy for me to say. Um, I, I know your plan was actually to make the real playoffs. Yeah, I know. I said I was going to lose out because I don't own any of my picks. But I realized, you know what? I'm going to win the toilet bowl because why not? I got the best team in the toilet bowl, so I'm going to take it. Uh, don't care that all my picks are gone. Also, I think this validates that, you know, hey, in the future, if you're trading with me and you get my pick, I'm not going to just tank your position. So it's good, smart, dump, and then uh, pull a fast one on you. You know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no Austin, you know, that's for sure. Uh, whoever that is. Well, who is that again? All right. One of my favorite parts about uh, the cat box getting into the doghouse is our ability to dive deep. And so what I'm curious is, how, I, I know you were planning on making it into the playoffs. What do you think went wrong? Like, like if you really had to kind of pinpoint what did not exactly go the way you had planned this year, um, what, what would that be? And also, I just got to say, I, I, I think it was probably a thing or two that went wrong because I really do like your roster. So what are you focusing on now going into this offseason? Yeah, I know. I I am bummed to be in the toilet bowl. I I thought I'd have a better season. I thought I would – I didn't expect to dump two to Stanley. I mean, Stanley's kind of – he's just got a trashy team. But uh, he beat me twice, and that really was the difference between uh, making and not making the playoffs, quite honestly. So – um, you know, didn't expect to be not on the outside looking in, but, uh, but what can I say? I still think my team is set very nicely going in next season. It's really come on strong. I think I've won what three out of the last four games, uh, weeks, uh, I'm scoring in the top half of the league each week down the stretch and, uh, you know, looking forward to next year and I, and I'm going to win out. Well, the one point of correction I will make is it is not the Toilet Bowl. It is the first tournament. That's right, because the four teams that do not make the playoffs go into the first tournament. Why? Because whoever wins two straight games gets the first pick in the draft. That's what makes it the first tournament. Uh, So the first week is the semifinals of the first tournament, and the second week, uh, a.k.a. the semis of the playoffs, is the first and third bowl when those are getting decided. Now, what I like is that you're going for it. I really like your idea of that people in the future can go ahead and trust that you will finish off the season and get them a good draft pick. I think that's actually very smart. I like the uh, you know the foresight and the like the the salesman in you, etc. Um, uh, you remind me of my dad in that way. That's that's about as high of a compliment as I can get. Oh, high of a compliment. Yeah. Go have another gummy because I know I need one. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and do that very soon. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into, although you were in the first tournament this year, look, we're, this is the 2021 playoff preview. This is the doghouse. You are coming in live from the cat box. The doghouse needs the cat box. Uh, the Needs the cat box's info. Who is going to win this year? Oh, you're asking, the doghouse is asking the cat box on who is going to win? Ah, that's a toughie. All right, so here it goes. Um, you know, to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. So uh, Booby is the defending champion, so there is that. And, uh, you know, uh, even with Godwin out for the rest of the playoffs, our playoffs, um, yeah, Rick Wyland's team is... But I guess I'm going to pick Dark Horse. I always, I like the long odds. Going Jason Kelly, Captain America, or Sergeant America. Sergeant America, he's an NCO like I am. So Sergeant America to take it all. But I noticed you didn't really mention me when you were talking about who you thought would win the whole thing. No, no, I, I definitely did not pick your team to win. Uh, you're talking Captain Injury Man. Um, I, I, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but uh, IR is your middle name. So, um, in fact, isn't it the second and third letters of your last name? Maybe that's what it is. You should just be a lowercase c, capital I, capital R in your last name. Change it. It's not a big deal. Here. Give us your prep already. Hey, I get it. I'm right there with you. I'm also not banking on myself because I have what's called no running backs. You know how like in uh, when Pierce took a zero RB strategy in the draft, but he did it on purpose? I have a zero RB um, product, uh, but it wasn't on purpose. So, yeah, I'm, I'm also not incredibly excited about my chances, uh, uh, but, you know, what are you going to do? Let's move on. So you asked about my prep. My prep, I have been taking a close look at the at the rest of the bracket, and let's get into the number two seed versus the number seven seed. That's right. That is going to be Austin versus Stanley. Stanley, the former regular season champion two years ago and also going into this season had the best winning percentage in the regular season has not been able to hold on to his high standards as he finished the season at seven and seven uh, he comes in projected for 145 as austin comes in projected for 158 uh, when we look at these two lineups I see uh, Ezekiel Elliott on Austin's side, who has been struggling lately, and he is—he um, just doesn't quite look like himself. The one team I had him in this year, I took him in the first round, and I did not make the playoffs. Shocker. Uh, he also has Elijah Mitchell. I think Elijah Mitchell will be good to go. So I think he's good to go there. I, I don't think like Jeff Wilson will be any uh, a, a decent play this week since Elijah Mitchell, I think, will be back. If we look over at the uh, MIA side, that Stanley side, you got Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, and Nick Chubb. And you look at those three up against you in the playoffs, and you're like, ooh, man. I mean, Austin, yeah, you're the second seed, but that's quite a trio. Cook, Mixon, Chubb, 
Whew. It makes you wonder how he ended up as the seventh seed, right? When he's got... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. He's got Garoppolo in the quarterback position because we all know he went and got Daniel Jones very... You know, we give him so much shit for giving up brutally for Daniel Jones. Ridley hasn't played football since. I mean, it was like Stanley knew something. But nonetheless... Look, we got Austin as the favorite. I'd say, mm, I'd say a significant favorite, kind of in that slight to nah, a significant favorite. Um, but I am not sleeping on Stanley. I think Stanley could win this match easily, not easily, but totally good. Mm. When I look at Austin, I see we talked about Zeke and Mitchell, but you know Cooper Cup, his 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 main staple, also might end up going out on COVID. I mean. We don't. I'm not saying he is going out on COVID, but he could, dude. His entire team is out on COVID. Otherwise, um, we got Ayuk for Austin as well, and Gasecki. Um, but you do have Amari Cooper right there on the flex, which and and Van Jefferson and Van Jefferson is a sneaky, really strong play. Um, I think as well. But uh, overall, I think Austin is a um, not the most confident two seed that there's ever been. And um, maybe I'm wrong, and he is. And he's actually just going to mop the floor with Stanley. Um, but I think this is going to be, I think this is going to go down to the wire. I don't think this is going to be one of those, like, the seven seed can't keep up with the two seed. So good luck to both of y'all. And let's go ahead and take a look at who is the three seed going up against the six seed up. That would be me versus Ben. Now, our projections are a little bit closer. Uh, I'm projected to win by like eight points, which basically means nothing. Uh, we have Mahomes versus Allen going up against each other at the quarterback spot. Running back, we all know I have nothing. Uh, right now, I'm looking at Deontay Foreman versus Rashad Penny. I'm, I'm hoping that Elijah Mitchell maybe is out, and then I can play uh, Jeff Wilson against Atlanta because while I like penny in general right now he's going up against the rams so definitely don't love that obviously for me in addition to josh allen i have my quartet of receivers with adams hill samuel and Diggs. i will ride or die with them right so i'll basically either advance because of those four or i won't advance because of those four looking at ben's side he's got mahomes in a CEH stack. He also has Eckler, who I thought in that same game. So he has Mahomes, CEH, and Eckler all on that Thursday night game. Uh, I was thinking on Sunday that Eckler might not actually play on Thursday, but it looks actually like uh, the, the more the week goes on, it looks like he's going to play tomorrow So that's or today, depending on when you're listening. So that's very exciting. <clears throat> not really. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't. Uh, we also have DK Metcalf and Mike Evans and DJ Moore. So there's a trio of receivers that are just lights out on Ben's side as well. I think it's going to be a very even matchup. Um, while I am very happy with my quarterback and wide receiver foundation, of course, um, my three running backs that I was depending on with CMC, Raheem Moster, and Chris Carson all out for the year. My fourth running back was Mike Davis. That's the torpedo that I send over to um, Rick. And, of course, I've received a torpedo in in passion. But I will say the torpedo that I sent to Rick for Mike Davis, I got 20 bucks, And in that 20 bucks, I did get Deontay Foreman, who I've played and will be playing uh, this week, most likely. Um, and I also got Abdullah. And so if Chuba goes down, all of a sudden Abdullah is going to get a like 
all the carries. Um, and so uh, they're, 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 that fab, that torpedo fab trade might end up actually becoming very important as we get um, farther down the road. If I can get farther down the road, if I can get past Ben. So if I'm the third seed and Ben's the sixth seed, that means that the only other seed to talk about and the only other matchup, CD, seeds, uh, and seedings, uh, and the matchup to talk about is the four versus the five. And who's at four versus five? Oh, yeah, that's right. That is Jason Kelly and Booby. Now, uh, Garrett uh, and Needham. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, that's a compliment. Um, Needham predicted that Sergeant America is going to win the entire thing. Um, he's the five seed right now, but he was about to be the two seed. Uh, and Rick ended up beating him by like less than a point. And I think Jason went from like the two seed to the five seed. And so now he is up against Booby, who is the four seed, and they are on Rick's side of the of the playoff bracket. So they, the winner of this will get to play the winner of the one versus the eight. So most likely you're looking at R Dub there. Uh, no offense, Wolfit. It's just you know one versus eight. Part. Uh, so we have Sergeant America, who is bringing a three-game losing streak into the playoffs. And we have Rick's father. That's right. There's Booby, the defending champion, coming in. He has a 160 versus 150 uh, projection difference. So we got Booby with a nice little 10-point lead. Um, we got Brady versus Cousins at the quarterback position. We got Miles Sanders. Booby's needing to start... Um, let's not forget how much he paid for Miles Sanders. Actually, you know what? While we're right here, let's just look at it. Miles Sanders went for, oh, Jesus Christ, that's right. <laughs> two firsts, a second, and two thirds. Two firsts, a second, and two thirds. Okay, so two firsts and a second and and, and two thirds. Uh, very good. Uh, he also has Kamara, but also we know he has Keenan Allen, who's now just back from COVID. Uh, Kamara's looking back and healthy. He has Justin Jefferson. He also has Gronk. He has um, Daryl Henderson, who probably is fine. Probably, mm, or also might be in like a kind of pain in the ass timeshare. I don't know how trustworthy he is right now. And Robbie Anderson, same idea. Um, I mean, against Buffalo, actually, Anderson might be okay with those second half garbage time points. Uh, as we take a look at Jason's side, of course, we talked about uh, the big trade today where Jason got Saquon Barkley. Let's also remember that last episode we talked about Jason getting Aaron Jones. He has traded for Mike Williams, who's also in his starting lineup, and uh, James Robinson in his starting lineup with Josh Jacobs. So Jason's really used trading to create the roster in his likeness, which is exactly what we're going for here. Um, and while he is currently projected um, to be down by about 10 points or so, we all know that's just that's just one play. So he's right there, and I look forward to seeing what's going to happen in that matchup. So to review, we have Wyland in the number one seed against Wolfett at the number eight seed with the largest projection difference going in uh, to this first round of the playoffs. 
In number two, we have, not me, we have Austin at number two against Stanley at number seven. We have me at number three against Ben and number four. And my new team name is Team Chiramelli with C capital I-R. Thank you, Needham. That was a great, great idea. And then, of course, we have the number four seed versus number five seed, which is Booby versus Jason. Now, we are not done. That's the first round of the playoffs. Of course, the four losers will go on to the fifth tournament. The four winners will go on to the semifinals of the 2021 championship season. Now, the other four teams are going into our first tournament. This is not the toilet bowl. And might say that somewhere on the website, but this is the first tournament. And number one, we have Needham versus Rick Pierce. And in the second uh, uh, matchup, we have BT versus Adam. Now, as we look a little bit closer, Needham uh, or Pierce was actually winning some games to the point where he felt the need to actually make sure that he would lose without scoring enough points to make sure he would end up in the first tournament, which I totally get. I actually think that's a legit strategy. Um, while I give him a bunch of shit for it, as as you remember from previous episodes, I actually totally, or the previous episode, I actually totally get it and it makes sense to me. Um, so now congratulations. Pierce has lost, you've lost five in a row. Um, you have gotten into the first tournament, but now you got to win. So you're going up against Needham. Uh, actually, you might have his first pick. You have three of the top four picks. So I don't actually know. <laughs> I didn't do that level of research. But I know Needham doesn't have his picks. And I know Pierce has three out of the four. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that this might not mean a whole lot of anything. Uh, as we look at it right now, Needham is absolutely projected to outscore uh, Pierce. That actually makes sense. I think Needham's team is uh, pretty strong. Uh, especially in that first tournament, I think it would have. I think Needham would have made a nice little. Run. I think Needham and BT uh, would have made a nice little run in the playoffs. Adam too, maybe. Um, not Pierce, but again, you know, I say that. But Pierce got five wins without trying. He went for zero wins and he got five. So I, I know that going into this season, I was confident that it was going to be a year of the haves and the have-nots. And what I learned was I was wrong. And the way I was wrong is due to the attrition and natural uh, parity that we have, there was no has and has not. Like, yeah, there are have and have nots if none of my running backs got injured. But instead, all of them got injured. And while that might have been a little unlucky, I'm not the only team in this league that had some injuries, right? So, I, I'm, I'm doing the exact opposite, as I've talked about before on this podcast. I'm doing the exact opposite in my second Dynasty League and Austin's Dynasty League. I am getting as many young, serviceable to good players as I can and just like getting as much depth that I can. And as all these guys go out with like COVID or injuries, I just got a next guy up approach. But anyway, so in the first tournament, we have Needham up against uh, Dr. Detroit, and I do have Needham beating Pierce, so I have Pierce going into that third bowl. I have Needham going into that first bowl, but who knows? We'll find out what happens there. And then that, of course, would leave us with BT and Adam in the other semifinal in the first tournament. <clears throat> and if we look a little bit closely, now there are, hold on, what's happening? So Adam has Burkhead in there with zero points projected, and he also has an IDP with zero points projected. Okay, so if you jump those up, 
it would probably be about, hey, he'd still be a lot behind BT. So it looks to me like BT is going to be a strong favorite in this round. So I think BT and Needham are going to face off in the first bowl, which would actually be pretty pretty appropriate considering those are the f- those are the two teams, two organizations, if you will, that took over failing organizations last year and now have put themselves in a position to build some depth and start to get some talent and to to be really in a good uh, position of strength going forward and I would I wouldn't mind seeing Needham and BT in the first bowl for that reason. So uh, we'll see what Adam can do once he can get. I haven't looked at his actual, at his, uh, his bench. He's got some people on the bench. He's got Devontae Parker, and he's got, um, okay. So he doesn't have a ton on his bench, but he's got a little bit more that he can play with that lineup. And, of course, he can get the IDP flexed in there. That's not going to be a problem. Uh, but nonetheless, I do think that BT is uh, the higher... Uh, likelihood of advancing into the first tournament. And look, that's all six of our matchups. I am very thankful for you sticking with me. And now what I'm going to do is uh, wrap up this nuts and bolts section. Ah, sorry. Uh, Meat and bolts section, the nuts and potatoes. And let's get into our random stat. What do you think? Does that sound like a good idea? I think it's a good idea. Now, for random stat, we're going to do a lot less stat and a lot more random. What we're going to do is go through the chat and see what the responses were for the playoff predictions as I announced that I would be recording an episode tonight. As soon as I put it up, Rick Weiland, who I think keeps this uh, app on his phone up at all times, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. Now, he said Eric Wolfett's going to run the table. The former champ, the 2019 champ, the inaugural season champ, Eric Wolfett is going to run the table. Now, don't forget, Wyland is going up against Eric Wolfett. So the shrink in me thinks, oh, he's actually just afraid he's going to lose. And so he's predicting that the guy that would beat him in the first round, which would be embarrassing, which it shouldn't be. But if it, it would be when you dominate the league as much as you did this year. Um, but that is the guy that's going to go on to the win the entire thing. Uh, so I don't know if he actually believes that Wolfett's going to run the table. He said uh, Needham's going to win the 101. 100% agree. Why? Because Needham, as he said earlier, does not have any of his own picks, which means, of course, the fantasy gods are going to smile upon his players and they will fall into the end zone and even snipe uh, touchdowns from other people. And Needham will, of course, be able to look at his players and know that they performed so well and got him some picks that he doesn't get to use. Now, I will say... You know, he talks about none of his picks are his. I, I'm, I haven't looked, but I'm sure some of them are. So I'm sure there's like a second or third rounder in there that he would be able uh, to benefit from doing well, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. He, 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 he's a mover and a shaker that need him. <laughs> a mover and a shaker. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Wyland says that Wolfit is going to beat me in the finals because Adams and Hill won't play. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Right. I mean, like, who knows with COVID or 
random um, injuries. But the fact is, I, I drafted Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill in the first and second round of our original draft because I expected them to be able to produce at an elite level for three or four years. This is actually year three, so I'm already starting to kind of run up against the end of my strategy, which of course I doubled down on and then tripled down on with the CMC and Michael Thomas trades, which of course we're going to actually, although I went out of order, the random stat's supposed to be last. Uh, I forgot about uh, reviewing the little trade, so don't worry. Although um, we talked about the CMC and Michael Thomas trades in recent weeks, we're going to be talking about different trades and the Mike Davis trade. We're going to talk about trades that had nothing to do with me on the old trade segment, which we will be getting into in a moment here. <clears throat> As we look back at uh, the chat to see who is predicting what, we have Wylands that we've referenced with his Wolfert running the table, Needham winning the 101, and beating me in the finals. For Wolfen, I should say. Uh, Austin said that he likes Ben's team. Well, that's scary. I said, maybe because I traded him an eighth of his team. Looks like Mahomes is pulling his head out. It's not a deep squad, but tough at the top. Well, and then I said, yeah, like he's tough at the top. I'm tough. I'm, I'm also completely top-heavy. I have four stud receivers, a stud quarterback, and a few serviceable spots and then a couple incredibly injured spots. So um, I am not incredibly confident going up against Ben. Uh, Austin is talking about himself saying his running back health is his concern, same as me. Uh, and Kelly says, hey, dude, don't forget about me. I'm in the playoffs too. Jason Kelly's like, what the fuck, dude? I'm the five seed. Uh, I was going to be the two seed if Wyland just like didn't get like a point and a half more. And everyone's forgetting about me. And Austin says, yes, I get no love either. So Austin and, and Jason are, are bonding over that. Uh, did anyone else make any predictions? Um, no, just Wyland saying he's scared of Jason. Uh, again, Wyland just, Wyland knows he should win. And so he's scared he's not going to win. And so he's saying that he's afraid of all the different people he's going to lose to because he's just afraid of losing. And Wyland, I recognize this because I am the same way. But the difference is, it's not about the other team. It's about your team. If your team performs, you should win. Look, if my team performs, I should win. And look, maybe we'll have a situation where in any one of your three rounds, your team will perform and the other team will perform. And then you know what? Let the chips fall where they may. But what I'm worried about and what you're worried about is that our teams come out and put out stinkers. And I am, I wouldn't be surprised if I can score 175, but I also wouldn't be surprised if I come out and score 95 and that's why I wasn't willing to give up my my second rounder for any like random nonsense running back because I was like dude that might end up being the 205 because if I lose this week then I'm a couple victories away against mediocre competition from getting the 205 so anyway uh moving right along did anyone else make any um predictions see I wouldn't know because I was actually recording the podcast no now you guys are talking about whiskey again which I get. So that's awesome. Anyway, that is our random stat, and we are not done. We also have an old trade to review, and I'm super excited about that. So let's get on after it. And now as we go into the past trades segment of this episode, 
I realized that I was totally cherry picking in previous episodes and only doing the big trades, even though I said that I was going to go in order. Well, now that I look at it, when as I go in order, there was a significant trade that I skipped over. There was two, actually, that I skipped over between my own Michael Thomas trade and my own Michael Davis trade. And uh, one of them, oh no, I didn't have anything to do with them. I, I drafted one of the guys originally, but I had nothing to do with either of these trades. So the two trades are that Austin required Gasecki acquired, not required, he acquired Gasecki uh, from Needham, and Needham got a, he got my second last year. So that would have been the 210. So that is, so at the time, he just knew it was a 21 second. Uh, and it being the Gasicki for the 210. I think that's a pretty fucking fair trade overall. Um, even now, as we look back on it. So uh, that's more of a um, kind of just roster construction, sort of like who won or lost that trade. But. I think that's pretty fair. Like Gasecki, dude, any any week Gasecki could be a top three tight end, um, but he also could get you two catches for twelve yards because he's what's called um, a tight end, and they all suck except for I mean the thing. There's only like three that are any good, and by the way, the one that's like so amazing, Travis Kelsey, he's been pretty mediocre this year. He's not been bad. Don't get me wrong. He's been really good. Not great, but really good. Um, but he's not been great. And Tyree Kill's kind of sucked this year, too. Mahomes has kind of sucked this year, too. Uh, so, hmm, Kelsey, Mahomes, and Hill all kind of suck this year. I wonder what's happening. Oh, but CEH is doing fine. Oh, that's right, because they just... Every secondary is taking away the deep shot, and all that Mahomes has left is checking down to CEH um, or just handing it off to CEH. Uh, so I'm going up against him this week, uh, and I'm very worried about CEH for that reason. But anyway, that was the Gesicki for a late second, what ended up being a late second, not that we knew that at the time. Um, the other trade that we want I wanted to look at was uh, between Rose and Austin, another trade for Austin. And Rose got Joshua Kelly. Oh, that didn't do you a ton, uh, but it made sense at the time. Um, and Austin got Claypool. So Claypool for Kelly, you know, now that we are uh, a year later, a year and change later, man, that seems pretty one-sided. At the time, it seemed fine. Um, and to be honest, <laughs> look, Claypool looked horrible in his last game, it was like he got a 15-yard penalty for putting his fingers in someone's face. He did some celebration that cost his team the ability to go for it on, like, the last play of the game. He uh, fumbled. He insulted the referee's mom. I mean, he just did a litany of things. And, uh, you know, for a Notre Dame guy, I'd expect a little bit more but regardless, I'd much rather have Claypool than Kelly. So good job there, Austin. Um, and so there was, I think there was another one. Oh, there was, there was. Um, Wyland got Boston Scott for a third-round pick. Now, look, I didn't say that every single trade that we're going to go over is going to be the blockbuster of the century. But also, don't forget, Boston Scott was uh, a top three running back in week six.
I don't know what week it was. Maybe it was five or seven or I don't know. Earlier in the year, Scott had an amazing week and was like that guy and like the waiver wire hotness that week. Um, and look, you got it for a third round pick. Third rounds suck, guys. I need you to recognize this. Third rounders are just for funsies. They are dart throws every once in a while. Like Wolf it, you'll get Antonio Gibson with the third round. And and like, oh my God, that's like the best pick ever. But for the most part, third rounders are garbage. Um, and so they're fun to play around with. And uh, look, uh, Wyland got uh, Boston Scott out of it, Byron Scott, Bryson Scott, um, whatever his name is. Its name is B. Scott. I'm going to go with Boston Scott because I'm pretty sure that's what his actual name is. And um, that has worked out probably not good or bad. I mean, I imagine Wyland hasn't actually played Boston Scott, uh, but, you know, he could. And he has depth there, and that's what matters. Uh, So I also see some other trades. Um, I just don't exactly know if that was ones that we... I think we already went over those. So anyway, um, I want to go ahead and... Uh, move on after those. Look, look, not every review of old trades is going to be the blockbusters. And sometimes you kind of got to remind yourself that Claypool got a trade for Kelly and, and you know, whatever other ones I referenced today. So uh, we are going to go ahead and start wrapping it up here. And uh, let's get into the final segment and puts up thumb and index finger to ear producers say that was the final segment so without further ado i bring to you the end of this episode so i want to thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it and uh, look we are awesome you are awesome for listening and until next time roll music we're out of here